Merry Christmas. Just to have all bases covered when it's down to me to edit this. Hello and welcome to episode one, two, three, the Christmas special. <laughs> that one doesn't work. Hello, welcome to episode the Christmas special. I need to do a whole separate one for that. A, hello, a festive hello and welcome to our Christmas special, fa la 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 la. Or this might not be the Christmas special, in which case uh, it's a new year. <laughs> <laughs> so you've you've reverted to to that, have you? <laughs> Worrying about the order of things. Well, there is always going to be a negotiation between order and chaos. Mm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I go headlong in the Hitler direction, trying to control everything and everyone and sometimes I just pull back from that and just let everything happen <laughs> so what were you doing today uh well I edit this so uh entirely mm. so I can't control the words that you say but I can control the way they are presented so it's kind of like a state ownership of the media <laughs> I tell you what why don't you just start an episode the way you think an episode should be started? Oh, okay. Private practice podcast. Welcome to Private Practice Podcast, listener. I've missed you. Do you remember the last time you spoke to the listener? Oh, it was a long time ago now. Um, Yes, yeah, I remember around about the last time I spoke to the listener. And do you remember what you spoke about? I think we were spoking. I think we were spoking about um, Carl Rogers. That's yeah, but that's the as yet unreleased episode. Do you remember what the last thing is that the listener had? The unconscious mind, mofos. N- no, no, uh, there was something else. Um, okay, give me a clue. This can be like a fun game that we play because we always play fun games at this time of year. The clue is that it was the summer special, but that doesn't really give you an indication of the topics. Oh, we were probably talking about lockdown and we were talking about, I don't know. Not really. Mm. That was part of, I think, one of the, I think when we were talking about uh, stoicism, I think we talked about lockdown. Okay. Not in the summer special so, so much. So do you remember, James? Only what I wrote in the show notes, which I reread just before this episode. Uh, and we spoke about suicide. Fun. <laughs> we spoke about making sense of um, experiential data, basically. So uh, trying to work out what to pay attention to when you have so many sensory inputs at any one time. And I think we looked at 
a little bit Carl Jung's idea of the subjectivity of science, but that might have been a different episode because I read a load of different episode notes. (laughs) Cool. So there was that. Yeah. Welcome to the Private Practice Podcast studio in Morocco, which means that this podcast has now had studios in four different countries, three different land masses and two different continents. I am in the African studio where it's a gorgeous sunny winter's day. The palm trees are drenched in sunlight. Uh-huh. How is it in London? Um, I'll just look out the London private practice podcast studios window. It's sunny. It's very sunny here. Wintry sunny, so it's freezing cold outside, but um very bright a light breeze and 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 christmas is in the air how are you in casablanca why has it been so long since we've all heard from you what's going on in your life are you well is are you excited are you down is james hall putting the down in lockdown what's going on okay so da- and how and how am i well Obviously, <laughs> you've just asked me all those questions and now I'm ready to answer. So uh, I'm going to come across as if how I am is more important than how you are. But I'm sure I could edit it so that the answers go the other way around. No, that's fine, James. That's fine. How I am. Dan has just asked me what's happened since the last time we recorded. Well, we last recorded in July and then made plans to record in August and I've basically just been sat ready to go since August and it's now December and unlike in previous years where I have created a schedule of when we should record in order to have episodes ready for a particular time of year and I've said all the necessary tedious things uh, to get Dan to actually do that sometimes exaggerating sometimes telling little white lies Um, and saying all the words that were required to manifest in the world, the action of Dan being there with his recorder going at the same time as me. And then, Mm -hmm. for example, last year, we managed to do 10 episodes on the Flow book throughout the autumn, and they went out weekly uh, with no interruption. This year, partly because I had some uh, little uh, unexpected twists and turns in the path of life James finding himself in France too the sequel that no one asked for um, I thought I would just let Dan feel ready to record feel like he'd missed it and make the effort to make it happen and he started to do that in August and it has taken until December for us to get one episode So depending on how this episode goes, I'm going to make a judgment afterwards as to how much of my input I reintroduce into the process to Mm -hmm. get episodes going in 2021. That's how I've been. Interesting. How are you? How have you been? I I feel like that didn't really answer the question at all. So you you took your your first opportunity of the day to just... to diss me, <laughs> to to bring a cloud upon the proceedings instantly. And do you think I just wanted to tell anyone who will listen? Dan is disorganised. I am better at making things happen than Dan is. I'm more reliable. Uh, that's a respectable thing and something that it marks a human being as being 
higher up in the um, hierarchy of values. So I looked down upon thou and I just wanted to get that out. And you didn't really ask me that question. So therefore, I wasn't even listening to you and responding to you. I was just saying it because I wanted to. That's exactly what I think just happened. Yeah. What What do you think? I think that if I listen to a podcast and they release episodes weekly in seasons with some predictability and then suddenly months go by and nothing happens and um, the, the, there was mention in the summer that we were going to be talking about Carl Rogers in the forthcoming season, I would be a little bit puzzled as to where the episodes were. Do, do I need to refresh my feed? Has something gone wrong at my end? Is my Wi-Fi connected? Yeah, all seems fine to me. Don't know where those episodes yeah. are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you think you think our listener was just sitting at home in a state of befuddlement, bamboozled by the the inexplicable absence of James Hall and. And Daniel P. Brown. I think that your mission of making this podcast to help someone work out uh, what to do with their mental health um, sort of regime, if that's what it is, uh, mm-hmm. is would would be if ever there were a time for that to just slot perfectly into place, it would be 2020 when people are sat with nothing to do with with nothing but the internet which is the way the podcast is delivered with plenty especially working from home able to listen to podcasts if they don't need to do something particularly demandingly language based so if they're doing um you know stuff where you can listen to words and uh, like for example my job is perfect for this graphic design sometimes i have to turn off all the sounds so that I can concentrate on what I'm doing but most of the time I can listen to deeply involved conversations um, without uh. it really affecting my visual literacy and, and therefore the, the, the um, success or otherwise of my job yep so 2020 was the perfect year for us to um churn out those episodes like a factory which is I, I say it like that in a in a jokey way because i never want to churn out episodes like a factory and frankly there's nothing wrong with having a pause and in that time i have been reading extensively i've read carl rogers's autobiography i've read modern man in search of a soul by carl jung um so i'm far more prepared to talk about these people and their ideas than I was if we just ploughed on in August. Yes, yes. Um, many points you raised there. So firstly, for those of us that, you know, um, worked in the the healthcare setting, it wasn't the same experience as it might be for those of us who worked in the bus timetable industry (laughs) so although yes perhaps for the listener ideal time to listen would be during lockdown when you know their timetable was more flexible and fluid and they perhaps even had more time or weren't working or were furloughed etc it wasn't necessarily the best time psychologically uh, for someone who was um, enmeshed within the health service and and trying to kind of problem solve various different um, 
educational development and technical issues for the uh, pandemic. Is that does that answer how you've been, or do we need to? Was there more content in that um, that, territory of discussion? (laughs) That's that's not an answer to how I've been. That's an answer to maybe what I've been or why there was a huge gap or perhaps why I didn't have the energy to to push to do more podcasts during that August to December period. Well, I tell you what. Just to reassure the listener, we have recorded yes. an episode about Carl Rogers, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say we because I'm not going to uh, talk for anyone but myself, but I intend to record a, um, a, um, a yang to that yin, a very good, very good, a contrapoint to the philosophy of Carl Rogers. And so uh, we we may that may be the start of a new season, or that may be a uh, New Year special, two part. Um, but for now, Dan is going to steer us tentatively into a topic that I'm not allowed to introduce. So. 2020. This is really what I'm talking about. 2020. I'm talking about the year of the pandemic. I'm talking about a change in the way people behave and a change in the way people think. And although James very much seems to have a fixed idea that I want to talk about a very specific area and a very specific thing, um, I don't. I want to open up a conversation about how you want to open up a conversation without the conviction that you will continue it at specific times when we can record together and the listener will be able to hear um, the different bits of the conversation without months going by in which they completely forget just like you have completely forgotten what we recorded in July is that uh, correct I'm sure that is correct I'm starting to remember why there was such a long gap between recording. I'm starting to get a sense of what perhaps I was avoiding. I am opening up a conversation about truth. I'm opening up a conversation about reality. I'm opening up a conversation about my experience of the last nine months and what I have noticed and um, changes in what I believe were the the norm of thinking which of course I may be wrong about and and we've already had a few preliminary conversations about this so of course you know what I'm talking about I'm talking about belief in there being a um, a, a middle ground of reality that I thought was shared by a lot of us in the western world and I'm starting to notice um more and more frequently how that idea of reality and what the truth is about what's really going on in politics socially in healthcare uh, in society in technology um, it's not a shared reality there's there's a there's a huge um, disconnect between perhaps what the the most common narrative is that's d- expressed to us in 
mainstream media and the the growing belief and the growing support there is for um uh, i'm not actually sure what they call themselves but uh alternate media what, what would they what would they call it james places that are not part of the institutional narrative so not the bbc not the telegraph the guardian the sun not yeah 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 the the equivalents in other countries of that yeah yeah not you know not you're talking about subreddits by... <laughs> yeah exactly subreddits and tumblr and imager and um and youtube um and all the various youtube channels but i feel I'm like a little about... bit like you're dancing around the subject because you haven't said the word conspiracy yet conspiracy it's theories. not it, it's not just about conspiracy theories it's about the way that the reality is expressed in um, a multitude of different forms. That means that there's no longer the one narrative about any any um, major event that's happening globally. That there's a there's a there's a huge proportion of alternate versions of that with um, w- with what can only be described as a you know. Um, extreme twists to the 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 underlying truth or reality of a situation so if we just if we just take one as an example um you know vaccines a few years ago the anti-vax movement started to become more prominent and a lot of the anti-vax movement was based on um uh, a single doctor's um description and and research in inverted commas into the side effects um, of the MMR vaccine. The idea that the MMR vaccine causes, there's a causal link between taking the vaccine and autism. Um, and this guy was struck off and he went to America and he carried on practicing as a doctor. And slowly this movement began about anti vaccine. And then the truth about what was in vaccines and how safe they were slowly started to become distorted to the point that there seemed to be um no there was an increasing number of people who believed that vaccines not only were not safe but that the vaccines contained um things in them that were purposefully put there to do harm so from there being you know the choice to either have the vaccine or not have the vaccine you know an informed choice i don't want my child to have the vaccine uh, for example because i think that children should be exposed to disease and virus and they should become stronger because they've been exposed to it okay you've got that choice right then what happened what was set was a second narrative that actually these vaccines cause something that is irreparable damage they can cause autism now that specific research and i think his name was andrew weatherfield is that right sounds about right you'd probably want to google it to fact check me on that one anyway he was struck off in britain went to america so there was two narratives one the mmr vaccine protects children from measles mumps and rubella two the mmr vaccine causes autism in children okay so obviously parents of autistic children who had had the MMR vaccine and then developed autism later would get a kind of a 
righteous indignation and a kind of a strength of anger and a support for their belief by the fact that their child had had that vaccine and now there was evidence to prove that it caused their child's autism not that it was just a you know a genetic twist of fate so that movement grew but at the same time the way the information around vaccines was being um, um, delivered you know through social media and through um, organizations that were anti-vaccine what actually developed was a movement of complete misinformation and also a movement secondarily to that that caused um, a distrust in vaccines more generally generally now from that there was fringe movements who started to make inferences about vaccines where they came from who supported them, who funded them, why they were being funded, to the point where now you could quite quickly... I mean, I know you turned your your internet off, but if you Googled um, Bill Gates' vaccine conspiracy, you wouldn't necessarily only find the most extreme views, but you, you would find ideas that Bill Gates is globally funding vaccines to cause infertility in certain races of people, to, in essence, kind of wipe out Africans. You know, Bill Gates is using his huge personal wealth to uh, infiltrate the the vaccine market by funding and supporting specific um, uh, development of vaccines that is causing infertility in the groups that they initially test them on and that this is all being whitewashed and and it's been pushed under the table. That's just one example of what I'm talking about. So what do you got to say to that? Okay, well, firstly, um, I'm glad you've opened up this conversation. I look forward to closing it down and wrapping it up like a Christmas present at the end of the episode. (laughs) Right, so the territory has a number of aspects. For example, ultimately, the difference between knowledge and belief is the main thing that we're talking about here. Um, so, for example, as a, as a scientist, um, you can know from, your, from the conclusions to a, a substantial amount of research what the data presents, and you can know the conclusions of a peer review, for example. And... Um, that doesn't mean it's absolute divine truth because there are so many things that humankind doesn't understand about the universe and the brain and so on but you can you can you can know certain you can you can make predictions and watch the outcomes as expected uh, the outcomes manifest according to your expectations. And to that extent, you know something scientifically. Uh, whereas the same scientist could believe in God, but would, it's completely unfalsifiable, and that scientist would um, not be able to present... No one has ever come up with conclusive evidence to suggest that the universe was, has a creator, even though there are uh, compelling philosophies None of them are in the, in the same way the scientific method is um, uh, falsifiable. None of them can be said to be known 
truth in the in the way that we 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 know conclusions of scientific the scientific method so there's the difference between what you know and what you believe and you can believe anything uh, it's sort of personal to your uh, life experience and you can you can know things through experience like for example um we've talked before about the newton's theory of gravity um i know that when i drop a piece of fruit it's going to hit the marble floor and be bruised and all nasty inside because i've i've seen it happen enough times it's what i've been taught is a fact and um i've had experience of manky squishy fruit um but i really don't I, i i don't have any experiential data that makes me feel like I know what gravity is. I mean, other than I'm also pulled to the earth, but I can't see gravity. I can't hear it. I can't, I, I just, I believe that, um, that, that whatever I was told at school about magnetism and the moon and all these kinds of things, I don't believe that there are, evil spirits or just spirits in the middle of the earth who suck everything towards them with massive mouths um but so for example a conspiracy would be that we're all being told that gravity exists but actually there are evil spirits sucking stuff into into the core of the earth um to control us to keep us all on this planet but really we'd be better off exploring the universe and it's only uh it's only it's the control of gravity and oxygen and all these things we don't really need gravity we don't really need oxygen we're uh, human beings are ready to go out and uh be free to live anywhere in the universe but w- there's a conspiracy keeping us on this planet and causing all the problems of terrorism and climate change and so on that would be a belief um so but when you said for example about the vaccines i this is where there's some gray area because i can only really believe my sources because i'm not a scientist i really don't know what's in a vaccine so i can believe uh that if if i'm told that this vaccine is uh, has been developed by well-meaning scientists who have rigorously done their job properly and uh-huh. safe and safely tested it and gone through all due process internationally recognized as how it should be for the well-being of humankind and um there's nothing malicious about it no corruption or interfere outside interference it's perfectly safe and lots of people and lots of time and money has been invested in um maintaining the procedure to a to a standard that is according with those values of well-being for the citizens of a country i can only believe that because i'm not watching over it i'm not making the vaccine i don't really um i don't know who's involved or what their allegiances are to anything so in a sense i can only believe that so while so i think um it's very easy to say the vaccine is science therefore it's falsifiable therefore it's fact 
anyone who doesn't who says otherwise is stupid and the conspiracy theory that um corruption and power influences of power mean that vaccines are uh being used as a sort of trojan horse to um to to get whatever molecules into human beings for whatever secret purpose uh, anyone who believes that is just stupid because it's unfalsifiable and it's like anything any fairy tale um that is uh, that cannot be said to be a fact whereas the science can be said to be a fact because there is a process and um that process is as watertight as humans have been in. and and so usually probably if not always, if you have to make a bet, because that's what you have to do with most things in life, you don't have all the facts of anything. Like when you're walking, you don't really have... I don't have the facts that this building I'm in was constructed properly. I'm on the fourth floor and the whole thing could collapse any minute. I just have to trust that it will not collapse. And that is the same with more or less everything you do. You just have to go out there in the world with all its risk and trust that most things... Uh, will work and in societies that are successful so in terms of people's well-being in terms of their economy and all the rest of it there is a lot of trust in societies that are unsuccessful where there's a huge wealth gap then there's no um, infrastructure uh, people can't get access to health reliable health care and transport and so on that's usually because there's a there's an ingrained lack of trust in that society and there's corruption and so for example like you hear stories of places where hospitals have closed because the mafia gangs have siphoned the money out of them um there are places where there really isn't any infrastructure because no matter how much money is invested whoever it's given to is um is weak to the powers of uh organizations of people who will stop at nothing to um to, to to be a leech on that process um so i i just have to trust and if so if i have to make a guess then i'm going to i'm i'm, mo- I'm mostly likely to guess that if a doctor says the vaccine is sa- or if, if many people in the scientific community say that a vaccine is safe it's probably safe and if all the people saying or if many if i get the impression that the majority of people saying that it's infiltrated with something um then that's just a story that's unfalsifiable and so it's probably not as good as and the the information is not as worth trusting as the scientific uh data that i've been presented with so i just have to make that choice but i really don't know the scientists are right and i really don't know that the conspiracy theorists are wrong but i personally tend to trust the scientists and not the conspiracy theories yeah i agree that, that that's the same here i know enough about the uh the 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 rigorous system of um what's the word that i'm looking for um you know process and permission and the 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 organizational structure that goes into um producing any kind of medication 
to know that even if a lot of the funding is coming from organisations that have a vested interest in making money from the vaccine, the outcome of the vaccine on the whole still has to be positive for those receiving the vaccine, or at least not do consequential harm. But the trouble being now, and remember this is just one example of what I'm talking about, the way that information is spread and the way that information is shared and the way that information is interpreted is by people without, or on one level, is through people without that understanding or without that background or without that experience. And people are starting to put pieces together of this kind of information trail. I mean, even in science, they, they make it really clear that you can find the results you're looking for and, you know, it, it's actually sort of anti-science to look for a specific result. Um, it changes what you're doing. It changes the way you do it and the way that you interpret it. You, you, you have to have an open mind, have a hypothesis, and you try and disprove it. Um, but what, what's happening is, you know, through a screenshot, through a single document, through a, a trail of um, partially... Um, shown documents or through a kind of a a string of tenuous links information is being put together which would appear even to people with you know a very scientific and rational mind to make sense to prove you know in essence to or to give us enough enough information that an individual is able to prove to themselves that the vaccine is not safe you know, that uh, data is being misinterpreted or misrepresented, um, along with a string of other sort of documented evidence that means that people who are doing, in inverted commas, research on the internet can find as, as easy or as likely a string of events that prove the opposite of what is um, most likely to be true as easily as you can prove what is most likely to be true. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, so do, if we think of another example that's not to do with specifically... Because va with, with vaccines, we're talking about a quite literal scientific process. They're created by yep. scientists in laboratories. And um, to the best of my knowledge slash belief they are produced in compliance with the scientific method. So that, in other words, a scientist can't just say, I think that, you know, put a bit of cranberry juice in it. That's going to be, you know, my, that's what my grandma said. Cranberry juice solves everything. I'm going to put that in this vaccine and I'm going to tell the world that it's more, and I'm going to look for uh, ways to prove that it's more successful because I believe my grandma. That doesn't happen. They have to go through a, a, a very strict process and, have uh, peer review and it has to be falsified basically um if we go if we but if you just think about information you, wait you keep on saying the word falsified are you, sh you sure that's the right word well, I, I think well as in for example um i can say that if i drop this piece of fruit it will actually go up and if i drop it a hundred times a hundred times it goes down. If a hundred other people drop it a hundred times, and it goes down and it never goes up. Maybe once the wind catches it and it goes up a bit, but then it goes down. My theory has been falsified because overwhelmingly 
myself and a hundred other people have come to the conclusion that the fruit lands on the floor. Um, if it was not falsified, if my thesis that fruit goes up was correct, then not only would I see the fruit going up all the time, but everyone around me would see the fruit going up all the time. And that would require a hundred to, 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 to essentially falsify you, you, that. You mean, you mean disproven, not falsified. Falsified means someone purposefully produced a false result. That's what falsified means. But you are trying to purposely produce the false result. And if you can't do that, then it's considered fact scientifically. Yes, okay, okay. So, like, for example, anyway, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. so I am trying to falsify myself um, because I want, if I want, if I'm a, if I'm a really um, um, honest scientist and not subject to corruption or ego or anything like that, uh, then I want what I say to be as true as possible. So if I, for whatever reason, after a few Negronis too many, come up with a thesis that fruit goes up um, I want to not be able to falsify it so that I can um, legitimately claim it's true among firstly my peers and then the, right, the world and when that fruit goes down every time I've essentially falsified it and so I can't make that claim unless I'm in denial. Oh, oh I, I see. <laughs> I see how you're saying falsified now, right? Okay. I'm sure there's a different word for that, but yes, yes. Okay. And also, a hundred Dis other people disproven yeah, makes much. A hundred other people okay. would have to be completely deluded, and um, they they would have to watch that fruit going down and saying, "No, no, it's definitely going up." Yeah. Uh, but um, okay. So another example would be a, a very current one. If I hope you don't mind, Donald Trump is currently <laughs> saying. <laughs> Donald Trump is currently saying that the US election was rigged. Last night I spent an hour on the phone to a friend saying that what was happening sort of behind closed doors was um, a, a, a high court hearing which was giving countless pieces of evidence, proven evidence, to show that, you know, um, Donald Trump had had more votes cast in his favour than any president ever. And then somehow Biden had had seven million more, you know, even more than Barack Obama. And uh, the way that this was was being put to me last night was that all of this evidence is not being heard in the mainstream media. All of this true factual evidence that absolutely proves that Donald Trump won the election um, and also all this absolutely definitely true evidence was being heard um, behind closed doors uh, in America in the high courts that pr that pro proves that Biden had cheated and that there was election fraud by Biden yet none of it's in the mainstream media everyone's just ignoring it saying that it was this so the the, the conspiracy is so powerful that none of the information and none of the truth and none of the facts were getting out of this room there was this strength of belief that that was possible that there was a high court you know um uh, process happening in america and no information that was true was getting out of that room now uh, you know i listened and i heard and i understood that if that was the case then the election was rigged this is terrible there's a global conspiracy i was able to accept the possibility that it was true however on my social media, on Imager, 
when I look for this um, process that's happening in the High Court, firstly, it's not happening in the High Court. It's happening as a kind of an um, uh, an open um, uh, an open hearing to look at the evidence. Rudy Giuliani's there. I know. I know it's the same. It's the same event that we're talking about. Rudy Giuliani's there. He's sitting with so-called, you know, witnesses with this, according to my friend, irrefutable evidence of corruption. But on my media feed, what we've got is someone, uh, a, a, a woman, um, a blonde woman who appears to be drunk, <laughs> shout, shouting back at a bunch of senators, you know, some Democratic, some Republican. Hold on, first, uh, uh, you referenced her hair colour as if that's relevant. She's blonde, therefore obviously she's stupid. No, not at all. I'm saying what I, what I saw. I didn't, I didn't see... But what, what, um, what colour were her eyes? Brown. What was her facial shape? Was it kind of long and thin or was it wide and round? Did she have a bum or a cherry when you squeeze her chin? I'm just wondering what other unrelated physical features besides her hair colour could be uh, used to describe this woman. No, 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 you're you're missing my point. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disputing that what I saw was the opposite of what uh, my friend believed to be there. I'm saying that on my media feed, what was there was this apparently ditzy, blonde, <laughs> dimple-chinned, seemingly drunk person whose answers were like a five-year-old having an argument with their their mum about whether it was bath time. <laughs> you know, it was it was just utter nonsense. So... If I was to believe what I had seen, there's no real evidence. There's a drunk woman of any hair colour talking nonsense to a bunch of senators who cannot believe what's happening. But my friend believes that behind this closed door uh, are all the, these. This, there's true evidence being presented that Biden rigged the election by millions of votes and that Donald Trump is the true president of the united states for a second term and i suppose what i'm saying is if i watch the bbc i'd definitely see that side you know the that what's going on behind the closed doors in this hearing or whatever it actually is gives no evidence that donald trump is still the leader of the free world well, with just with that example Whereas, of the bbc is in my impression i've seen the bbc become way more partial than they used to be um, I, I wonder if it's very difficult for an organisation for the BBC, like the BBC to just to, to continue to be, quote-unquote, boringly, sensibly neutral. Um, but that's, and a, that's why would an aside. That, now, OK. No, it's not. Okay. Why would that be? Because my friend would give me a hundred reasons why there is a global conspiracy... This, you know, this, the, the, the way that the media is controlled, you know, even the way that the British media is controlled, the way that everything that we think and believe is controlled because of a global conspiracy. So the vaccines is one example. The true leader of the United States is another example. Um, how technology, um, and you've, you've touched on this before in terms of artificial intelligence, how technology is slowly leading us towards a kind of a um, sedate, um, brain dead 
um, unquestioning, unthinking reality, a, a, you know, an actual physical reality we, where we are no longer individuals, where we are becoming a blobby mass of consumers simply because of a small um, elite um, cons conspiratorial organisation that is controlling absolutely everything that we're able to do, what we consume, um, both physically and psychologically, the way that we are allowed to think, the way that we are allowed to um, believe. And, and th this is so the conspiracy is all encompassing and absolutely massive. But those two examples of like seeing what happened in the US elections compared to uh, and the you know what's happening with the vaccines because we're all about to have to take really this COVID vaccine. Well, hold on before Would we get into agree? the nitty gritty. Here's a message from our sponsor, Pfizer. <laughs> no, um, before we get into the nitty gritty, um, your we 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 gave the example of conspiracy theories to do with vaccines, and um, I presented that as being the difference between. Um, Belief in science, which is pretty strictly... Well, we're taught in school that science is, is, follows a strict process, and I've, I don't have any evidence to suggest that it doesn't. Um, or at least certainly not enough that I entertain the idea that all scientists are corrupt and it's all the fault of capitalism or lizard people or anything however uh, and uh, so that so that so basically the the initial example was the argument against vaccines was uh based on belief where the argument um the, on the other side is backed up by what we just have to assume to be the maintenance of the scientific process which suggests you can believe it to be truthful fact now what we now what, what we've deliberately done is moved on to something where um in terms of information the spread of information um is way more difficult to falsify and there's no i mean that so for example um if i actually use that example of the bbc there have always been in our as far as I can tell, still in place, guidelines on what journalists can and can't say if they're writing for the BBC. So, for example, they can't say um, uh, that awful paedophile Joe Biden rigged the election and the true saviour of planet Earth, Donald Trump, has been had. They can't just write that as a headline. That kind of language is forbidden for BBC journalists. But what they can do and what they do do is just constantly um, uh, edit their homepage so that on a daily basis there is some kind of story that reinforces a world view um, and it's written in the same neutral language that has always been mandatory for the BBC although I have noticed also the introduction of colloquial language on the BBC News website recently. I saw I saw um, an article recently where the headline started with "so comma," like it was a Buzzfeed <laughs> chatty. <laughs> that would never have happened ten years ago. Um, yeah, and and that would be to those that believe in the 
that's the thing because I I sort of have trouble with it being called a conspiracy. It's an alternate world view, um, and 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 it, it really troubles me. And the the sorry, I, d- I didn't want to interrupt you, but you said something so re- so relevant is that that idea, that tiny thing that you pointed out, so semicolon or well, you know. It, it, is dumbing down it's a part of the it's evidence for the alternate view that the um the entirety of what we are being um fed you know psychologically socially um um philosophically culturally is dumbing down preparing us to i mean one of the things that um you know it's 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 one of the tiny pieces of evidence that is a part of this puzzle that proves this alternate worldview is right. The idea that the BBC is no longer impartial, that they are dumbing down to the point of... I mean, that's just a, appalling English, isn't it? Is it not? <laughs> All right, so grand, Grandad over there in London. Um, what are you going to say next? The invention of the printing press is going to uh, ruin the minds of our children and it should be stopped at all costs <laughs> no i'm not saying this i'm talking about the emergence of a like a, a frighteningly alternate reality that is as easy to subscribe to as the more common narrative that the bbc are pushing or that you know uh um, what's Rupert Murdoch? News International are, pushi- are pushing, and and it's there, and it's it's just to the left of my news feed. It's just or just to the right of my news feed, and it's it's really easily accessible. And from my perspective, it is misinformation. And from my perspective, it is um, lots of pieces of a puzzle being put together that create a picture that isn't a true picture okay so i have a number of questions i have a number of questions firstly how is this different to any other time surely that people have always or have people always just been exposed to the narrative that is the consequence of a group of people coming together presenting information and secondly um i'm sure i had a secondly Let's just go with the first one for now. We'll, we'll go with the first one. I guess one is the rate at which information travels nowadays from one side of the globe to the other in in nanoseconds. And secondly is the idea that um, a large, well, sorry, a proportion of the um, the information that is being shared in this alternate world view is twisted in with the racism the homophobia the segregation the the uh, disinformation about healthcare the um the 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 kind of violence the the anger the deceit and the hate that can cause serious social and personal consequences for the those that don't believe in the alternate view. I mean, I'm. I, I don't. If you if you look at the kind of the alternate view towards um, uh, Black Lives Matter um, and the 
explanation of what happened with the young man who uh, I think he's 17 years old with an automatic assault rifle on the streets and shoots two people dead. You know what I'm talking about? Who are you talking about? Um, a young man was um, apparently paid to protect a garage. He's 17 years old and has an automatic assault rifle. When he was attacked by the protesters, he shot and killed two of them. Now, this guy was arrested, went to jail, and then bail was posted, $3 million, and he, you know, he is now out on bail. But, but this guy is on that side. This guy is evidence on that side on the alternate world view, this this young man's story, that what is happening and what happened in that riot that was you know started around a Black Lives Matter protest but probably wasn't directly connected to it, is that this young man was standing up for freedom, this young man was standing up for what is right, this young man was protecting American values, and that what he was fighting against was the sort of the tip of the iceberg of this global conspiracy, this global world communist movement, which is a kind of a um, uh, a way that the the global elite are controlling all of us, this this strange intangible thing, and he is at the tip of the iceberg, as is the Black Lives Matter. We're the ones being controlled, but the alternate world view, uh, you know, against you know the vaccines, against the planet being round against healthcare being um trustworthy against any of our politicians being trustworthy this young man with his assault rifle killing two people on the streets is seen as a hero not a murderer so this okay so that's this is a, a specific example of something that happened and different interpretations but in general politicians have always lied and the media has always had an agenda from the dawn of all of these institutions. And I know I'm repeating myself a bit here, but I think this is the most relevant thing, where the most successful countries where you can rely on information more than in other countries where you can re- where you can get access to healthcare and it's reliable more than in other countries and so on is a community of people uh who have who are able to trust each other so the trust is established by whatever means by law by culture by the sort of like the the meme pattern of ideas being spread, so with every yes. new generation, yes. there is um, there there is the assumption of trust in other people in their community, and that um, within that community there will be uh, extremely liberal people who think that the borders to their community in other words their country should be completely open so that anyone can come and offer something exotic and exciting and also simultaneously they can be free to just go anywhere in the world that their nose takes them and then there'll also be within the same community very conservative people who like to know predictable territory exists and that tomorrow will be much the same as today and therefore there are strong border controls to prevent people with different mindsets infiltrating their culture and they don't really want to leave their culture because they're proud of it and so on um but in the middle will be the centrist 
ground for negotiation which with the with the sort of like the details of um who do we want to invite into our community etc and for what reason and what and, and then there's law written in terms of immigration but within that country regardless of who's coming in or going out there is an establishment of trust which means that the, 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 there's a whole load of examples that spill off from this, which means, for example, an entrepreneur can loan money f uh, from the bank, can um, ask people from all different organisations to make parts for his or her invention, uh, can predict that eventually... Um, they will do it. They believe that he will pay them. The bank believes that um, that he will give the money back and so on. And all of that is based on trust. And then when that invention is successful and it's exported around the world, the country becomes associated with innovation and the money comes into the country and so on. Um, that, that's to do with the economy. But then in terms of information, um, there will be it will be written into a, a, the constitution or into law certain um, procedures that make it very difficult for a a tyrant, a dictator, a psychopath to take control and manipulate the people according to their wishes, and so on and so on. Which means that on the whole, you develop a nation based on trust and so on but we know that there are plenty of um, regions and countries around the world where that trust doesn't exist the countries don't develop as quickly um, it's obvious within that country that there is a lack of trust and people just lie and manipulate on a daily basis and in the most minute things um i mean i'm living in a different country now and i notice so many differences in uh what what what's acceptable in how you negotiate with other people like um i'm used to prices being fixed i do not go into sainsbury's and negotiate the price of bananas um where uh, because that's not in the culture of the UK. Whereas here, I never know when a, when a price is up for negotiation or when a price is not up for negotiation. So when you have people with completely different ideas of what is and is not acceptable, who, whether or not you can trust someone, um, those things don't mix. There's a, cer there's a certain necessity for predictability, for trust to be um, applicable. Um, and in that sense, you can't really have, I don't think you can have a truly liberal society where everyone can do what they want and borders are open because how can you predict and trust? And equally, if you're so completely um, tight and closed off, then that just doesn't work. Yes, so I guess one of the things that I'm saying when I'm talking about um, mental health, when I'm talking about the psychological implication, I'm, 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 I'm raising the psychological implications of what I believe has increasingly happened 
over the last 12 months. But of course, like you said, this has always been going on. There's always been a mainstream narrative, either from the church or the state or both. There's always been a mainstream um, worldview, which was country dependent and country specific, I guess, up until probably the invention of the telephone. I don't know. <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the world in terms of information has got smaller and smaller. But the, um, the, the scope of access to information every year is increasing for more people. But at the same time, the level and depth and um, mass of misinformation, whether it be that the BBC are misinforming all of us or whether it be that the alternate worldview, the non-mainstream media is presenting, is misinforming us or whether it be that there is no ultimate truth. What's happening with this secondary, you know, alternate view, as I'm calling it? Because obviously there isn't just this view, like an A and a B. That's That's not what is happening here. And also people in the alternate view... Um, uh, rather than mainstream belief system, we don't all believe exactly the same thing. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, but I didn't want to. It's, it's so difficult to have this conversation unless you make some generalizations, because I mean, like, otherwise we would be stopping yes. every single word. Every time you use a modal verb in English, we'd be saying, oh, but what do you actually mean by that word? And then we'd never be able to have a conversation. Yeah. Let me give you one example of, though, how I think this does work in to generalise. So do you know who Alex Jones is? Uh, yes. Um, what's, is it InfoWars? He, 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 his show, InfoWars? I have no idea. And I heard him once on Joe Rogan. Once was enough. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, no, well, he was on Joe Rogan again recently. Now, um, and Joe Rogan was trying to do fact-checking every time he said something and almost everything that Alex Jones was saying, he was able to fact-check and it was in the region of true, which is obviously incredibly worrying because if you know Alex Jones, the things that he say, first he says it in this incredibly arrogant, powerful, uh, vitriolic, angry way about you know, um, government politics conspiracy. And he, he's there. He really, truly believes this stuff and he gets very angry about it. Anyway, the conversation I was having with my friend in the UK, a very intelligent guy, um, degree-level education, grammar school education, uh, very well-read, still reads a lot. The conversation I was having with this guy last night for about an hour and a half scoped, you know, scoped uh, the, you know, the, general conspiracy theory, lack of trust in the government, communist world, a hidden communist world manifesto, world economic forum, you know, skirting on the Illuminati, skirting on, you know, the battle between good and evil um, being real, um, vaccines, healthcare, politics, the financial institute, um, the global Zionist conspiracy, Donald Trump, all of this, you know, these, these you know, and, and Google any of them if you want to have more information. Or listen, don't. Because it's just, <laughs> or, or don't. Or listen to Alex Jones. Anyway, everything that Alex Jones was talking about um, is the same stuff that, that my friend was talking about. However, when I said, actually, to him to him on the phone last night, actually, I, I listened to Alex Jones recently. Very interesting chap. He went, oh, 
oh, let me tell you about Alex Jones. Because he was then able to tell me why Alex Jones was another member of this organisation working counter to everything that he was saying he believed in, which made no sense to me. Absolutely no sense. How can the person who has just almost literally said exactly the same thing because of the Joe Rogan podcast about an hour and a half I spoke to my friend for about an hour and a half every single topic tick 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 (laughs) every single idea behind the topic tick 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 yet Alex Jones is a part of the conspiracy put in there working for either like you know CIA MI5 to misinform us and I said well how can that be so the idea is that there is a kind of a boundary to the alternate worldview. And of course, there's loads of lovely other alternate worldviews, you know, the kind of like Gaia principle, new world, um, uh, mother nature. So that's a worldview I don't particularly subscribe to. But I'd go further than that. And I'd say that every single individual has a worldview and they're almost... Yes, yes. There's no complete overlap with any other individual. Well, I disagree disagree there. I think there's... Well, okay, no complete overlap. But you'll be be meeting people... You can see people who've got a 60 to 80% overlap in some of their core beliefs, right? And you need that because otherwise how can you interact with anyone? How can you do anything if you just think, well... Your world, your, I can't say anything to you because your world is so different to mine. I can't even make sense to you. Well, I, I see, and I think part part of the trouble that, that, I, that I'm that I'm starting to see with the alternate worldview is that there's a belief within that that anyone who doesn't understand or subscribe to this is a part of the problem. Um, and if you look at what's happened in America, you know, um, over the last six months, you know, we the reaction to um, Black Lives Matter or the reaction to some of the protests um, that we've seen is to stand on the streets with assault rifles. We're we're heading into a direction that is, and more than likely we've been there before, but we're heading into a direction where disagreement with a belief that is anti-mainstream is leading to a kind of a violent uprising that hasn't so far really been talked about or discussed or, or dealt with. In fact, the young the young guy that shot the two protesters, who my friend tells me, you know, in, in, in a very strong way, were definitely undercover members of the kind of anti-fascist yet um, uh, cons- conspiratorially led group. You know that he was genuinely protecting us. This young man who murdered two people in cold blood on the street, but th- that young man was somehow bailed. He 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 found three million dollars. You know he was he's not a, a wealthy guy. He was a he was a, he was someone who came pretty much from uh, a working class background. He was bailed three million dollars. He was out. So that it seems is okay to react to in America at least, to react in such a violent and aggressive way to something that you disagree with seems to be okay. And I think that what I fear is that psychologically we're heading for a, or we're already at a point where there's such a severe split in what is acceptable and what is reality that I'm very worried about what's going to be happening and so therefore I'm very worried for global mental health. 
Yeah, well, if you can't talk about, if you can't be heard, this is basically the the probably the most useful conclusion of um, Carl Rogers. Basically, people just want to be heard and accepted. And when he did that unconditionally in his therapy, he saw a huge success rate. Um, when he wasn't sitting there. Um, intellectually forming a thesis as to how their mind was working to deliver down unto them when he was um, considering himself an equal and listening to them giving his unconditional positive regard those people felt like it was a therapeutic process and if you have a view of the world that is not heard that is um, that is not accepted um, and you can't you can't be heard by anyone so there's no conversation to be had then the only thing you can do is to find other people who think the way you do and to gang up and defend yourselves yeah Yes, yes, and... Um, <laughs> By the way, for the listener's benefit, Dan sat back then, probably thinking I was about to deliver a 20-minute monologue and seemed very surprised yes. when I stopped talking. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't believe it. So, so listen, just to, to recap on, on what the, the reason why I wanted to bring this. Over the last six months, what I've seen... Um, no, sorry, over the last year or two. In fact, OK, let's go back to the year 2000. The year 2000, I started work on a psychiatric unit, and... I remember meeting a uh, patient who brought in a book that was by a gentleman called David Icke. And I remember, if I'm right, David Icke used to be a British footballer and a television football pundit who started to develop what can only be described as non-mainstream beliefs that were quite spiritual and pseudoscientific in nature to do with energy, to do with belief systems, to do with... Um, a world order that was hidden and he produced a couple of books which are very very interesting reads and one of his main theories was that most of the people in in um in positions of global power whether it's the queen or you know the the clintons or whoever were actually um uh, disguised lizard people from I, I don't know where from, but disguised lizard people. And the, these lizard people run the world, the Illuminati, if you will. They ran the world. Anyway, so this this patient that I met brought into the hospital with him this book. And he had been so disturbed by this book. It had, you know, it, it, there was obviously underlying possibility of it. It brought about a psychotic condition. Now, this, this person was so fearful and so worried and had such strength of belief in this information in this book. Um, and again, it covered all the different kind of conspiracies, you know, the New World Order, the lizard people, the global financial banking um, syndicate that controls how we live, which, by the way, I completely believe in. I think it is just the banking system. Um, and and he, he was completely destroyed by this set of information which could not have been you know you read through you read through the book you flip through the book none of it could really be proven but also like you say it it couldn't be um you keep on using the word falsified which is completely wrong it couldn't be disproven it couldn't be um what's the word jesus come on what's the word discredited it couldn't be discredited to the point that you said this is not true you know um unless you <laughs> went and cut the the queen's skin open potentially <laughs> well that's what i was trying to say when i um when i was i think i went off um 
on a slightly different path talking about trust. But you can't falsify... Um, discredit, please. You can't, dis- discredit. You can't discredit political ideas in the same way that you can discredit a vaccine that doesn't work. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There's something that's kind of tangible about that, whereas beliefs are more... Um, are less easy to to prove or disprove, but that's why belief is needed. So, but then um, I would also say that um, belief, it, everyone believes in things, and it's impossible to say that human beings should all be rational and scientific and not believe in anything. Okay. And I, I strongly <laughs> believe that to be true. <laughs> um so anyway, there's this, this young chap came into hospital, was incredibly overwhelmed with this. But in 2000, that was a rarity. In the last 12 months, I think I've met, um, even in the last 12 months, even with my lack of face-to-face clinical work, I've met three people who are suffering psychologically to an incredibly large degree with this kind of you know um belief system attacking their psyche who they are how you know whether they feel safe in this world so i'm not just talking about the political and social and kind of civil ramifications of an alternate belief system stirring up anger hatred and being mixed in with the with the racist and homophobic and transphobic and sexist and um, ideology because it is being mixed up with that I have no doubt I'm also worried for the individuals that are within that world uh, within that belief system and how it is attacking them as uh, by giving them no sense of um, control no sense of uh, ownership they are being disenfranchised from life because of something that is not truly provable and hopefully you know because there's always the possibility that a lot of these are, cor- are correct are right are these these alternate viewpoints but that might one day be disprovable you know we might one day have enough faith and trust in science again that we can prove that Bill Gates has not injected us with a vaccine that contains a nanochip that is tracking our movements and is able to influence what we buy, you know, or what we believe or how we vote or, you know, whether we die early. Uh, You just listed some phobias, um, homophobia, sexism, racism, etc. Without the ability to negotiate different beliefs in all of these um it's very difficult to avoid the current situation as it's presented of a complete division between team a who believes that the um sort of like the white man who has dominated western society for however long has made sexism homophobia racism etc institutionalized according to all of these and there's all the data um, reliable fact checked data to prove that um that you know these are the average incomes of a certain group of people and blah 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 it's any of these conversations um come down to 
selecting from infinite facts uh, those which are relevant to uh, to an individual's worldview, and it's it's it, it's almost impossible to discredit an idea. So I can't prove that there is a patriarchy and I can't prove that there is not a patriarchy. I can't prove ways in which um, I have uh, been disadvantaged by my sexuality or privileged by my gender, uh, as in my sex. Um, So there's always... A negotiation, but if you can't have a negotiation, because to say anything that is not um, prescribed on one side is heresy, and to say anything that is not prescribed on the other side is heresy, means that no one will listen. Then it goes back to this frustration identified by Carl Rogers. I mean, he's not the only person in the world who's noticed this, but he's someone that we talk about. Uh, If I can't be heard. If I if my if I'm not allowed to say my views um, without n- without reliably uh, predicting that someone will accuse me of um, straying from the text, so like for example, uh, if I were to say anything like gender pay, for example, if I were to say that all people that all women necessarily face disadvantage from the moment they're born, um, then that would fit with a certain narrative. And if I were to say, well, there are so many complicated influences to do with personality types and um, environmental issues and someone's health and fitness and so on, that equally determine their success in life that um, you can't draw these conclusions about gender pay then that would contradict uh, the the first narrative and if you can't say either of those things then you can't uh, then you feel frustrated that you can't be heard for, for having a view that is off script and then there's no discussion whereas if all these things are discussed then people who um, dogmatically believe that there is a patriarchy controlling the world so that men are paid more than women always, in every situation, no matter what, um, they can hear from the psychologists who have something to say about personality. Um, And also, theoretically, in that conversation would be someone looking on to this and saying well psychology is a young science and so psychology isn't falsifiable so this psychologist cannot declare anything as a fact either they 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 are presenting what what is the best of their current knowledge um in the field of a young science to contradict what you're saying but the person but each each side can listen to the other person and analyze it within their framework and have uh, and be able to reorganize their picture of the world according to that new data but if they can't talk to each other then the person who thinks that um the illuminati is a patriarchy of 
of sort of like six white men who w will control their power at any cost. Yeah. Everywhere they look, they will have plenty of um, seemingly reliable facts to reinforce that and no one's saying anything else. And if, on the other hand, you believe that um, there is no such thing as a patriarchy and um, and when people tell you that women are not paid as much as men, it's all lies, lies, lies. You can also, I'm sure, find places that will um, give you, uh, that will cite sources from all over the place that seem very compelling and reliable to reinforce that worldview. And if those two people, if those two sides can't, uh, don't talk to each other, don't listen to each other, then they can easily, like with, with any situation, they can easily have their views completely reinforced to the point that their belief. Um, seems so watertight the way that they spin it because human beings are basically programmed to um, rationalize their beliefs in a way to I mean I'm saying this as if it's true uh, <laughs> this is a belief of mine human because I I'm not a psychologist I'm not a scientist and even if I was like I said just now psychology is a relatively young science and there are very little concrete facts that can be derived from psychology but um it seems to me like like as a like as a as a representative of the human race I have uh -huh, when I'm yeah. if I if I if I were to meditate or if I were to uh take a moment to stop running thoughts through my head or speaking at a high pace, then um, it's easy to notice, well, it's not easy, it's very difficult, but it's possible to notice ways in which I essentially reinforce my beliefs to myself to the point that they, that if anyone were to contradict them, they would seem absolutely stupid because I've made them more or less like concrete facts in my mind. But if I have a conversation with someone about the same thing then suddenly I realize my worldview falls apart but I quite like it when something I mean for a perfect example I love it when I receive an accurate character assassination when someone has been paying attention to what I do or say and um, that they see some hypocrisy or they see something ludicrous in that's repetitive in my behavior and after, i mean how could they fail to James? and after yeah. after a short while of building up a bank of this knowledge they are able to provide a kind of witty sassy um in, in, in impression of me that is highly accurate and makes me laugh and that suddenly makes me realize that what i thought was a perfectly logical um stance to maintain seems absolutely ridiculous to someone in front of me and they are, prevent, they are presenting their feedback to me and this new information changes my worldview and I like that and I think it's, uh, it, it's part of the rewarding aspect of um, having a constantly evolving worldview and that comes from curiosity and openness to new experience and so on. Some people just don't have as much curiosity or openness and that is a threat and they are more or less predetermined to be defensive against that. So, in essence, what you're saying is it's really good to talk to other people and listen. <laughs> That's um, a really relatable nugget, Dan. Yeah, no, sorry. I'm, but, but seriously, you, you could put that on a listen. You could put that in an Instagram post, or you could put that on a T-shirt. Maybe we should have private practice podcast merchandise with quotes like that. We could make a fortune at we Christmas time. If only it's we thought really about this in time. It's really good to listen. 
I'm listening. Like, you know, keep talking. I'm listening. Like Bob Hoskins in the old uh, BT adverts, it's good to talk. Only if you're being listened to, not if you're talking to a wall and it's really frustrating that no one is listening to you. But sometimes that is what we get when we talk to someone else. <laughs> um, but no, it's good to listen to and talk with people who have have views that you struggle to even believe, uh, you know... Um, and I think that's, you know, the conversation I had with my friend last night is something that I avoid for six to eight weeks. And then I call and we have the conversation because I know it's really difficult. It's really difficult for me to even bring these ideas into mind, hold them as true for long enough to try and weigh up the what I think the evidence is for this, the one any one of his opinions Um and then to be able to imagine a world where I believe that, because that's a very frightening place to be, where, you know, not to go into any specifics now, very frightening place to be when you're being controlled and there's a massive global conspiracy designed to destroy everything that you believe in and everything that you love and to undermine it and to destroy the family and to destroy Britain and to destroy, you know, countries and to destroy nationalities and to destroy... Um, uh, civility and to destroy peace um, and yeah, so, so I do avoid that conversation for a long time and then every six to eight weeks I manage to find the strength to actually have it um, and it it takes a day or two for me to bounce back from it because it's frightening but it's so important that for me that I do that that I that I'm able to do that um, it's something that I've done in work for a very long time because I don't necessarily have to understand initially what one of my patients would have been saying to me or have an experience of it, but to try and use empathy to imagine what it's like to be in that person's shoes having gone through those experience and then use that uh, empathy to try and walk with them to a, a better place. Um you know, not to change their worldview, to enable them to do that if they want to. So when having a conversation about these huge global issues that we've been talking about today, these, you know, uh, belief system A and B, if we're really, you know, making it a little more black and white than it truly is, to be able to talk to people with belief system, a, um, the alternate belief system to you, without expecting them to eventually come round to your way of thinking and without having to disregard everything they say. It's a really powerful and positive thing and might be one of the ways that we can heal that divide in the longer run. Well, meanwhile, a, an extreme lack of empathy is one of the main characteristics of psychopathy. And dear listener, I can only hope that I can promise you a conversation about the antidote to Carl Rogers' naively wide-eyed, unconditional positive regard in the new year. But um, I, for now, I have just about enough battery left for a round of the sack game, if you're up for it, Dan. This is definitely not the Christmas special. Is this the Christmas <laughs> special? This isn't a Christmas special. <laughs> there's nothing Christmassy about today. No, there's no sack game today. James, what I'd like us to do, if it's okay, is say goodbye for now. We will be back soon. I seem to have managed to move myself into a position whereby I'm able to spend 
two hours talking to you and not be so irritated and distressed that I don't want to do it for another six months. So why on earth are you denying the listener a round of the sack game, regardless of whether this is, in your eyes, a Christmas special or not? Hold the line one moment. The real reason I want to play the sack game is because I just came up with a really great topic. Excellent. I can't wait. Let's go. Boom, boom, okay. boom, 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 Dan, your category is gifts that Santa, and uh, assuming that Santa is a cons- whole conspiracy theory, um, brainwashing children to believe that there's a kindly old man who travels around the world benevolently giving presents to good children. I mean, uh, we could we could discuss whether the falsifiableness of that but let's just assume that father christmas exists for a minute um let's just brainwash ourselves um okay. gift okay. your category is gifts father christmas um puts in stockings with ulterior motives so if i give a boring example it would be like a smartwatch which beams your location constantly back to the lizard people who can use it to control you You've got one well, minute starting now. Um, a jotter pad that is uh, 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 that. Wait, hang on, stop. No, stop. What? No, what? Hang on. Surely everything is just going to be something that returns something to the lizard people. <laughs> No, stop again. Give me the category. Stop, 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 stop. Okay. It's, it's just Santa's ulterior motive. But also, don't forget the rules of the sack game. You have to think of things small enough to fit in a sack. And if you're, you say anything bigger than that, your round immediately ends. So you're okay. essentially okay. listing Christmas gifts, but you're trying to think of witty ways in which they might have ulterior motives as an entertaining way. Okay, 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 <laughs> just... Okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. And your time starts now. A pedometer for someone who actually is lazy as fuck just to tell them that they're lazy as fuck. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A cookbook for someone who doesn't cook enough in the kitchen and therefore... Yes, okay, that'll do. Um, um... Oh, uh, a book given to someone simply to shut them up so they don't talk to you. Um... (laughs) Thank you for my uh, book that you uh, lent me, uh, the Carl Rogers book. It's okay. A um, a set of a set of bath smellies for someone who you think stinks. But this is quite a difficult one. I'm usually good at this. A holiday voucher so you can get someone to piss off. <laughs> um. Time's up. What did I get? Like three? Oh, I <laughs> I was counting them. It was either four or five, and I stopped okay. counting as soon as the as soon as the timer went. Okay, do you want to make up a category for me on the spot? Yeah. Think so things that you can write on a post-it note that you're going to do differently in 2021. But how can you assess uh, how can you assess whether or not they fit in a sack? 
I, they, you're, they're going to fit in the sack. So you're going to have the whole minute, James, okay. okay? But it's about whether you can manage to write something that would fit on a post-it note. Okay. And, and, hold on, things. Oh. What, what am I writing on the post-it note? Oh, my God. You're worse than me today. Um, I'm just going to find the time. Uh, um, you are writing things that you are going to... I always ask you something like this, to be honest. Things that you are going to go do differently in 2021. What you're basically saying is James is not good enough and has still room for improvement and has not improved to the level that you were hoping I'd reach by now. Well, seeing seeing as I gave you a six-month break from podcasting and you started off with a tirade of underhand self-indulgent criticism of me then well hold on isn't that you just defending yourself because why are you not taking on board some of this feedback that it's frustrating that you're not organized enough to get episodes done when you say no but listen if okay not to you know not to have like a domestic (laughs) let's let's can you can you think of you can think of no reasons why i might not have wanted to spend time talking to you. Oh, how? Uh, let's do that. Reasons or you w- can think of no. Oh, actually, that could be a good one. Reasons why you that is ba- to that, talk that, to that is actually what it is. Okay. That is what it is. But I was I've, being yes. You're right. I've got one minute reasons to think why, of reasons why you wait. or one might not want to talk to me. Yes, and uh, but I mean yes. Okay, and go because. I immediately turn to exaggeration to um, blow out of proportion someone else, the other person's character flaws. Number one. Number two. Um, I initially have to try and get all the context onto the table before really having a conversation, a successful conversation, whereby we're, we're both done. Good. Being That's good. To. Um, You're doing it now. <laughs> Um, because um, I try not to do this but to some extent I'm still rehearsing what I'm about to say but I, I don't think I do that anywhere near as much as I used to but I don't know you literally, Instead literally of again did it just then um, great because I'm very critical of people and I think that because I'm organised and when I say I'm going to be somewhere or do something, I will be there or do it. And if someone else doesn't, is that time up? That was, only f- that was four, James. Okay, so you win this year. I always win. <laughs> I always win. To be and honest, also, this, if I'd won, this, this I still year. wouldn't have won because it, I would have just come up with a ridiculously long reasons of why I'm not likeable. So the, I'm, I'm glad I could only come up with four in one minute. I see, yeah, but yeah, I mean, there's that. That that was about that was about behavioural characteristics of what I might have found irritating, rather than reasons why I might not have wanted to speak to you. Can you hit me with some reasons, please? Well, I felt like that I had enough going on that I didn't need something else that I was going to be um, committed to. Um, that my own mental health and psychological well-being this year had suffered, so I was feeling somewhat of a fraud trying to communicate, you know, important ideas about 
well-being to others um, that I had this growing feeling of uh, uncertainty about who I was due to kind of a change in my job circumstance um, although it was actually a positive one um, the, those kind of things but there was things about me that would have meant that I didn't want to do this but anyway we did today so but Dan, not everything is always all about you, as has been some feedback given to you on more than one occasion. I believe your former housemate and your brother may have presented you with that feedback before. So maybe the feedback for you to chew over between now and the next episode is when should you recognise that um, life is difficult but in order to not alienate yourself from other people, sometimes you just need to make a commitment and just say from the offset, I don't think I'm at my best today because of my mental health and my current um, insecurity about my position at work and so on. But as a friend, I don't want to let you down and just keep on making excuses for four months as to why I can't do it. And then only then at the end of the sack game, deliver my revelation as to why I've been like that since July. Okay. So this episode has concluded with some really important feedback for Dan. He's going to think about that very carefully. <laughs> and listener, I think you will yes. benefit from him uh, thinking about that and acting on it. And if he doesn't, you will continue to suffer but you've been suffering with us for this long, so um, you know how to do that, so don't worry about either outcome. And therefore, I look forward to the next episode, which is following on from one we already recorded months ago, so everything is out of sequence, and there's nothing intrinsically wrong about that. There are no falsifiables. There is no proof to suggest that podcasts must be released in the order in which they were recorded absolutely um so from this episode of the international multinational um private practice podcast um season something episode something blah de blah thank you so much for listening and we will hear you next time goodbye and it's goodbye from the private practice studio in casablanca and I think I'm going out to the sun deck where I'm going to think about the mince pies that are not available in the shop as I slowly top up my tan. <laughs> it's a wonderful story.